to the pregame effect podcast for those of you who have been gone for a while and don't remember my name is ian and i'm joined as usual by dom and luke today how are you guys doing fellas what up what up doing good how you doing doing good uh it's about time we got back into doing this life kind of caught up with everybody with the holidays and all sorts of other stuff going on uh so we unintentionally took about a month and a half off and now we're back mm-hmm. uh what you guys been up to uh i basically took that time and i was kind of starting it before but i built a pauper battle box and have been enjoying the hell out of that recently um so basically it is just a i forget the company that i have it's just one of like the nicer larger like kind of two rows and it's just filled with, as of right now, 11 pauper decks. And uh, I pretty much, I feel like a commander player, just taking extra stuff when I go and play, because in between rounds, it'd be like, all right, who wants to play pauper? Like, grab a deck box and let's just jam. Um, but that has been an absolute blast. So, because I know we've we've kind of been playing a little bit uh with it as well so yeah because it's been fun like it doesn't matter if we're hanging out like in like basement or if we're hanging out our lgs it's just like i mean we got 20 minutes yeah i mean we we literally were gonna play in the last round of the modern tournament what a week or two ago yeah we were like you want to just split and play popper yeah okay that's cool (laughs) works for me (laughs) Uh, that was that was good you know i was like yeah i'd rather do that yeah (laughs) run these decks against each other it was definitely worth it yeah so that's what i've been doing um and i mean these are these are full go it's you know i have there is burn affinity uh, grixis affinity i have the i think it's five color ephemerate tron of orzov ephemerate blue red fairies there is the Cogates deck which is super interesting uh green blue elves and i have my tortured existence deck which i need to update the mono white heroic deck needs updating i also have my boros synthesizer as well and i think there's model black control in there Mono black control yep uh yeah i mean it's it's fun man playing some of the most powerful cards that have ever been printed um it's it's silly like the format's real silly you'll get people who you know it was when uh we were playing last time at our lgs that it was uh you know people are like oh is it just a bunch of like shitty cards like no this is like i think someone was playing elves and it's like no that that's turn three and their entire play mat is covered in cards right now like yeah and you're about to draw 14 cards yeah a single spell and then i'm dead yeah because so, i was playing uh i was playing blue red fairies in that one and there's no sweepers main deck mm-hmm. god damn did i need one yeah so, i mean it's funny that you know people think it's it's all crap it's like well 
if you look at the top archetypes in Popper, a lot of them match a lot of the top archetypes in Legacy. And that's not an accident. A lot of times it's the same deck with a different mana base. Yeah. Like Just a few know, different cards. The spells are 80% the same. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, you can't play dual lands. Yeah. <clears throat> the good ones, at least. You can yeah. play like You can still play dual lands. Ones. They just come in tapped and they're snow lands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an upgrade so, in a lot of decks. It's uh it's been super they're artifacts, fun. they're indestructible. Yeah. Uh I've thought about building a couple more. I'll probably add a few more to it here and there. Um, just because man, like it comes down to it, and like they're just they're cheap, and especially. I've been wanting to do this for some time. So I've had, I've started to like collect pauper playable cards and just kind of set them in a little like 500 count box. Mm -hmm. So then when it came time to build these, it was like, oh, I know I have, you know, a handful of these or relics or pyroblast and shit i mean because that's that's the expensive cards when you're talking paper form for these um like burn is 60 dollars, and literally your money is your chain lightnings sure that's eight dollars uh your lightning bolts have dropped drastically now that i'm seeing that because they've been printed a bunch uh and your relics are like ten dollars of that so yeah for two of them so it's like i was already picking these things up so i had them ready to go so i think literally for my battle box i might be 300 something 350 dollars maybe in on it and i Which i mean i'm like yeah decks, this is, that's not bad and all. yeah and these are full go there's nothing proxied like i i own every single card i could show up to an l i could show up to an lgs and ask, can we run a, a legal pauper tournament and just have everyone pick a deck from this box and we could play legitimate pauper? And hey, don't threaten really me with a good time. <laughs> we talked about it before, honestly, like because we could just show up because our you, you know our group, like sometimes you roll deep. So we could just go and like, yeah, this is a sanctioned pauper tournament right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, the next ones I'm kind of looking at are... Uh, the Demir control. Um, looking at that, uh, boggles, maybe. I was looking at Turbo Fog, but I don't know. Like all three of those decks I just mentioned are really shitty to play against at times. Um, so I'll probably just update the Monarch White Heroic. Uh, the, like the different ephemerate decks look sweet too. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Mogwarts deck, the Goblins that has the combo. So I'm going to have to build that at some point. And if I'm being honest, I'm surprised you already haven't. Yeah, it's like, wait, there's a goblin, there's a goblin deck in the meta that you would haven't put together. Well, because I have, I have a chunk of these. Like, like if I really sat down, I could probably put it all together. Maybe get like a few cards I'd have to get. Um, yeah, because besides that, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of cards I'd have to grab. That's pretty much it maybe 20 cards mm-hmm. and they're just like random shit like i would have to get uh i think two more first day of class i'd have to get some more deadly disputes which are a higher end card higher end play set is seven dollars 
Um, I was laughing when you said, I feel like a commander player. It's like, yeah, but your dozen decks are like half of a mid-level CDH deck. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm more talking about the, you know, I have my bag filled with decks and then I'm bringing this in the box. But but it's better because (laughs) of that, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. So... Uh, but yeah, that's, it's been an absolute blast. I, I definitely recommend anyone that is curious about the format to, if you go, if you watch YouTube, Thraben U does a bunch of it, a decent amount of videos about Popper. There's going to be plenty of gameplay of it. There's groups on Facebook, Reddit. Um, it's a pretty, uh, like of the, magic communities and like groups on Facebook and stuff that I'm in, it seems to be pretty much like the most welcoming, which is, I mean, I know there's going to be trolls and shit in all of these, but like there, there's people that just want to play the format Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's sweet. Like I know there's someone in the group on Facebook that just shares, I think they do deck texts of these, you know, these random decks sometimes, and they just post every day. They'll post a different video or a list. And it's like, man, like, okay, this, this one looks really cool. This one isn't really my play style, but it still sounds interesting. Like at least just checking it out. So it's super fun. I highly recommend it. And I mean, let's be real with the price of some of these fucking cards. Now, uh, a $40 for an entire deck. That is an absolute blast. I think is could be way better in the long run. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially since a lot of these cards, like the popper decks are playing the same busted cards that they've been playing for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because there's very few times you actually have to update these decks. It's mm-hmm. not like with a lot of the like newer commander decks where oh yeah, they printed these three new cards in commander for whatever recent set. Mm-hmm. Well now that makes it so I have to spend like 40, 50 bucks to update my commander deck in order to keep it viable with everybody else. Yeah. But then you're playing all of these ephemerate Tron decks in Popper. And like going through this list, there is one card that I'm seeing that or two cards that have been printed in the last three years. Mm -hmm. Everything else is also, it's just all old stuff. So yeah. you can sit there and you can have a popper deck. And as long as there's no band, you can pick it up after two years and compete. Yeah. Now on the opposite side of that, there are some decks that have become a thing because of cards that have recently been built. Mm-hmm. Um, like affinity has gotten a lot of new cards, but Affinity's also had like, it was the reason I think two or three cards have been banned in the last year, yeah. which is crazy. Um, cause the deck is still extremely powerful. Um, but yeah, it, it's, there's been a lot of new cool cards that have been added to popper. Um, the Neo set was really good for popper. There's a lot of things, a lot of busted cards. Uh, you know, the moon circuit hacker was really good for the fairy decks and the synthesizer is absolutely insane. I'm, I'm happy that it is not played in every deck. It's played in a bunch of decks because mm-hmm. I really like that card and I don't want it to get banned. But if it got banned, I would like I would understand. I, it would make sense to me, you know. Reasonable. Pretty much the same with Ephemerate. 
Like it's it's crazy that that card is still okay. Like it's deemed, yeah, this is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I, I think something that's going to help with this too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so since I have my battle box, it, I don't have to update it because it's just oh, these are all legal at this one point in time. Mm-hmm. And if I decide to update them all, then that's fine. I can keep doing that. And then obviously they would be legal if I played them anywhere. But if we're just sitting around a table jamming games, like these are all pretty fair against each other. Some a little bit more than others. Because uh, they so are really like that the same too. meta. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly. So it's cool. Like I said, man, I'm, I've, been, I've been about this for a little bit. It's been it's been a nice break. Uh, the, some things I know we're gonna get into with Eternal Weekend and shit about the initiative and everything. The initiative is legal in Popper. They banned the three worst cards for it for the Turbo Initiative in Popper. It's still there. It is extremely extremely more reasonable. As in, you can work around it and deal with it way easier than. <laughs> This mono white in legacy, so yeah, but yeah, it's. I'm down. I might honestly send a list or two to an LGS here as we're kind of finishing up this, <laughs> just keep building the box. Eventually, you'll need two boxes. Yeah, I'll have to get a bigger box. I probably should have thought of that first because I, I kind of already filled this one for the most part. <laughs> I'm looking okay. at some of these decks and they do look like a lot of fun. And that's my thing. Like, like we talk about, it's 50 bucks for a deck to try it out. Like at that point, you know, we're always like, well, yeah, proxy it up and then see if you like it. If it's, if it's $50 for an entire deck and you didn't care for it. Okay. At the end of it, you have a bunch of cards that you can Sharpie on to proxy other things and a couple more pyroblasts and the relics. Really, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much. Well, what and also they don't, they don't, they're not quick on the ban hammer in Popper, mm-hmm. like like they are in some other formats. I think they just don't care. Um, so that means your cards aren't going to lose value very like as often. Also, true. yeah, like you know, what we you know we talk about you know if we're going to talk about the value and we talk about how well the deck's only fifty bucks. There's only a couple of cards that actually cost more than a few bucks. Let's talk about those. Those are the ones that, that matter. People are going to care about. They're not likely to get affected by a ban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, like the biggest shakeup more recently was like they had banned a tog, which was kind of nuts. I mean, but that, that card needed to go and affinity still around. I feel it is extremely justified when you can ban a card and that deck is still around and is still good. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's fine. That that Atog was taking it to the next level. You know, it was like every single ban that they've ever thrown at Delver and Legacy. It's like, yep, reasonable ban. Deck still, yeah, good. yeah, absolutely. So that's just like the ultimate. You know, where we, we all come from, sports too. You know, that's the next man up. That's the ultimate next man up deck. Mm-hmm. Is Delver? It's just like, oh, you got rid of my my favorite toy. My second favorite toy is ninety nine percent as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. Again, I mean, I, I, I've been having a blast. If you have friends that want to try it out, I, I'm all for it. I think it's super reasonable. 
if not, it's on Magic Online. It's a good time. It's just been fun. It's it's been a nice change of pace because I haven't been feeling modern that much. Legacy, we went and played some time ago, and I actually got paired against the Mono White Initiative, and was just like, yeah, I don't understand how this thing is still a thing, even with the holidays being around. Hmm. I like I literally asked my opponent, I said, how long have you been playing this? And they said, like, four or five weeks. I said, how many games have you lost? And they said they haven't lost a match. I was like, okay. And they weren't playing optimally at all. It was, like, self-admittedly not playing optimally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm saying that, like, not trying to be an asshole. It's just, like, holy crap. Like, this is... This could be nuts. So it is nuts, but that's what I've been doing. We can keep this going on because Lord knows I'd, I'll sit here and talk about Popper for the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. So, Luke, you've been playing anything fun on Arena or anything lately? Oh, you know I have. Cause... Well, I know, I know I have. You have. That's why I brought <laughs> it up. I love this deck. So, uh, Ian sent me a deck list for Historic that I don't even remember the name of either of the creatures. Um, it's a, is it combo mill deck? Essentially you play a three drop that whenever an opponent mills, they mill double. And then there's a seven drop artifact creature that um, when it attacks, you mill your opponent mills half their deck rounded up. Well, one half times two. In Sounds fact, like a splinter twin situation. A whole deck to me. Oh, that's seven? That's been relevant once. It actually has unearthed for four. So you spend the first two turns putting one of those in your graveyard. And uh, you know what's legal and historic? Faithless looting. Charter It's real easy to throw cards in your graveyard. Lightning axe. <laughs> Consider... Yeah, and like, so you're playing like this combo deck, but you're also just playing good blue red control cards too. Oh yeah, you're playing you're playing a couple of counters. You're not doing a lot of countering, but you're also playing, you know, all the good red removal. Um, I so did yeah. not know Faithless Looting was playable. legal in historic. Legal, yeah. yeah. God. Maybe I should just play historic. That's where all my like my good cards are able to be played. Yeah, but there's a lot of dumb stuff that is in historic too. Like there's um can't remember the name of the card, but it's when it enters the battlefield, you shuffle the power nine into your deck. Oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because um, historic's the online only. It's basically the online only version of um that was the format. Pioneer, 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 yeah, Pioneer Plus, because all the other cards they add to it. Yeah, so or Oracle of the Alpha—that's what the card the card is. Um, so that's legal, and then Displacer Kitten is also legal in Historic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that these those two cards work really well together when they had the Arena Cube going on, because my opponent kept blinking their Oracle of the Alpha by playing their Moxes and shuffling more and more and more copies of Power Nine in. 
and also had um, the Might Stone and Meek Stone. So whenever they needed more cards, their Moxes would draw two cards. Mm. Their deck, by the time that they finally decided to kill me, was approximately 550 cards. I'm surprised Arena didn't crash. (laughs) It took them 28 minutes to kill me. Remember, it's not the first Ancestral that kills you. It's the eighth. (laughs) Really is. Because they ended up getting to a point where their hand was just a bunch of Ancestral recalls. And they targeted me 15 times. Just millions. (laughs) And the fact that that is legal and historic blows my freaking mind. Oh my god, I love it. So the, the I looked at my I looked at my deck list. It's Bruvac, the Grand Eloquent. Mm-hmm. Probably mispronouncing that. And the Teresian Mindbreaker, which you're also probably mispronouncing. Probably. <laughs> it's a juggernaut that doesn't have to attack each turn, That's but it's cool. going to. Oh yeah. It's a 6-4. It doesn't play defense. No. <laughs> the only way that your 6-4 plays defense is if your opponent has a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you, if your 6-4 is sitting back on blocking duty, something's gone terribly wrong. Exactly. So how about you, Ian? What have you been up to? Um, I have been doing a lot of Vintage Cube lately on Moto. Okay. Um, I keep forcing myself to draft the fun deck, so my play points have gone down the drain. Mm. <laughs> but it leads to some interesting deck choices, though. Like, I had one that I did last night at, like, 3 in the morning, where I pack one, pick one, Tendrils of Agony, and then all the storm cards dried up so quickly that I couldn't draft storm or any form of combo at all so i actually ended up going from picking a tendrils and a fast bond in my first two picks to playing like four color wet jund i had a game where i curved a fetch land on turn one into turn two renin six into turn three ashiok and i lost that game by the way hmm because your opponent um, had all the storm cards, didn't they? No, they only had two two cards that killed me. Because um, on their turn three, they played a Mana Crypt and Through the Breach, and then I died to an Emrakul. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Vintage um, Cube is dumb. I love Vintage it. Vintage Cube does so many fun, janky things. Because there's honestly not any deck that's not viable. Like, you can draft Mono White Aggro if you want. Because in Vintage, that mono white aggro deck is playing fast mana. Mm-hmm. It's playing into a format where people don't play a lot of removal. You're True. just killing people on turn four. Even the combo decks can't kill that quickly unless they have good fast mana. So you can play the aggro deck. You can play the control deck. You can play the combo decks. You can play just mono green pile. Like There's so many different things you can play. And whenever Vintage Cube is out, it always makes me very happy that they know their audience and they leave it out for like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Like it's it came up right before Christmas and it's still up until the end of the month. Yeah. So I'm probably going to draft another one tonight. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm surprised they like ever take it down. You know what I mean? 
I think that the reason oh. that they do it is because they don't want people to get bored of it. Yeah, I guess so. Because you'll see a lot of times with, like, when the new set drops, like, the draft queues will fire instantly. And then three, four weeks later, it takes, like, 10, 15 minutes sometimes to find eight people to draft. And because that queue is around all the time. So they don't want to have it be where people get burned out on it. Mm. Um, plus, they also know that there's a lot of people who will only have a Moto account to play Vintage Cube. And they want to have a focus on other events, too, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think what's cool is it's not just Vintage Cube, like because they'll have other cubes that they kind of rotate in. Yeah. And I know I think... I think like Emma Handy mm-hmm. had a cube. Um, and then I don't know if theirs was just like Saltai or something. I don't I, I don't play them, but I just I know I see people talk about them. I think someone had a cube within the past year or so that had was just like three colors. Or yeah, something so, like it sounded like that. But I was like, so I think oh, one of the main <laughs> one of the main things that she currently does at Wizards. Um, like if you follow if you follow Carmen Handy on Twitter, oh, yeah, like Carmen. she'll put a lot of like like oh, there's a lot of cube deck lists that pop up on there. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm pretty sure she designs most of these cubes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is insane to me mm-hmm. because they're. One, there's a lot of effort that goes into designing one cube. Mm-hmm. But being able to look at either an existing cube and make updates to it or build eight of them from scratch over the course of six months mm-hmm. is an insane amount of brain power that you need to take. Yeah, that's nuts. It's like I tried to build a cube once, and that was starting from an existing cube and making changes. And I gave up after about two weeks because I couldn't make anything better than what was already there. Mm-hmm. But the amount of stuff that's been coming out on Moto where it's like specialized cubes, like proliferate cube. So everything, like there's all these like themed cubes that come out, but they're not just, there's enough in there for one draft. It's like full 540 cubes. So every single draft is different. Every single person has like different decks that they can pull up. Mm-hmm. And it's just the amount of stuff that comes out is just insane. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's so cool, though. <laughs> I think a big difference between you and Wizards, you know, coming up with all these different cubes is that's something you were doing in your spare time while I'm assuming working a full-time job. And this is this is somebody's job. I mean, that's reasonable. Or a group of people's job. So what I'm saying is don't beat yourself up too bad about not being able to make it any better. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I accepted that fact long ago. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason, like, you know, we've talked about this before, where I'll come up with the idea for a deck, make it, it's trash. I look it up online. And go, oh, right. I didn't come up with this. I'm not, this is not an original thought of mine. Mm-hmm. Other people who are a lot smarter than me have also thought of it. Yeah. And executed <laughs> it much better. Yeah. I'm going to do what they did. 
Well, it's like there's a reason because like there's some people in magic are brewers, some people are net deckers, and there's nothing wrong with being either one of them. Mm -hmm. Because like I will freely admit, if you give me a deck that is like finely tuned, like somebody else had put all the time into it because they were a brewer, they know how to tweak decks. If you hand me that deck list, I can top eight an event with it. Mm. If you hand me a format and say build a deck, I'm gonna flounder around a lot. Yeah. Like brewing is not my strong point. I haven't tried to like get in and brew a deck since like Eldritch Moon came out. Because yeah. the one that that was like my crowning achievement in my head was like I came up with I, I built this deck, it's testing well against everything. And then I went in and I found out that the decks I was testing against were not good decks. Because <laughs> nobody else that I was testing with knew how to brew and mm. proceeded to just suck. Yeah. But from now on, it's like, cool. You have a deck list and a sideboard guide. Perfect. Let me go top eight this event real quick. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my strong point. I'm much better at playing the game than I am at building the deck. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a copy and paste person. I'm fine with finding a list that looks cool and be like, yeah, I'll try this out and then go in from there. I'm not saying I'll top eight or anything with it, but I'll hmm. I'll do my best. And that's all we ask. That's right. <laughs> well, we keep mentioning legacy. We keep keep mentioning initiative. Who wants to complain about this one? You want this to be you, Dom, or you want me to take it? Uh, I mean, I kind of said a couple words about it, so you can kind of go, and then I'll probably just knock you over and finish it off. Um, so after seeing results from Eternal Weekend, Magic Online, and just basically every single place that has played Legacy lately, um, Initiative is probably the most broken mechanic in Magic. Yep. Because honestly, they screwed up big time making it two colorless and a single pip. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because if they wanted to make the initiative cards for Commander, like they quote unquote were designed to do, an extra colored pip doesn't kill anybody. In Legacy, it kills a lot of people when something broken can be cast off of Ancient Tomb. Especially when the card that's being cast is a card advantage engine. Yeah. There have been mono-red Stompy decks for pretty much since Blood Moon and Ancient Tomb were in the same format. Like Chalice of the Void, Ancient Tomb, Blood Moon, like now the mono red decks get Fable, the Mirror Breaker. But it, a lot of their cards have always been powerful effect and answer. Mm -hmm. like it might stop you from doing something, but it's not accruing a ton of advantage while it sits there. Whereas the initiative cards, they come in, you can blow your load on, like, you can keep hands that legitimately are Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, White Spell, White Spell, White Spell, White Spell, White Spell. And there's a Snap Keep. 
Yeah. Because you resolve on turn one that initiative creature using your only white source. The very first mode on it is search for a planes. And now every single spell in your hand is unlocked. You don't have to worry about like Chrome Mox getting rid of cards because you're starting to get all this value back. You draw a card in one of the rooms on the Undercity. You make a creature in another one. You make mana. You get more mana. And then, oh, by the way, Summoning Trap is a good card. Let's make the creature bigger when it comes in. Mm -hmm. I. This is one of the least fun legacy formats, like, overall, that I've seen in a long time. And I've played through some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... The... Looking at the meta, and I understand there's so many more games and so many more decks and all that shit. We have Mono White Initiative has now taken the top spot in the meta report uh, at 19.4, and then Is It Delver is 17.3, and then we have Reanimator at 5.9. So, uh, you know, Reanimator and stuff's going to come up. It's just how it is. That's why the blue decks are there and stuff. Um, yeah, like I was already sick of playing against Delver. And then you have this mono white initiative deck. And now it's just those two decks are kind of like fighting and trying to figure it out. Um literally, so when we, we played, I've only played once since this initiative deck has been a thing. And I played against it once, like I said before. And my opponent, it's Okay. Hey, let me let me breathe and gather my thoughts here. <laughs> I was about to go real left field, and I still kind of might go there. So it's I understand people want to spike a tournament and like do well and like I, I get it. I, I I understand. It's also this, I feel like it's this mentality. I already said fuck before. So it's this fucking mentality by these people that play these types of decks and then bitch about everything else that's going on. Right. So I had my opponent who kicked my fucking teeth in, in game game one, after I made a 2020 on turn three. Right. And then they got rid of it, had me gain life and then beat the shit out of me in game two. I was, so I'm playing a eight mulch, a green, white, eight mulch deck so that it can play. Um, Ah, uh, God, I can't fucking remember the one card. Heliod's Hall of Generosity or whatever, so I can get back my enchantments, put them on top of my deck for my graveyard so I can keep um, playing explorations and mana bonds and stuff. Yeah, because it, it lets you basically keep hands without mana bond and keep a loam hand and yeah. eventually get to the broken mana bond turns. Yes, yeah. So I'm I'm playing that, and on turn one, I keep my seven. I think they went to six. And I play land, uh, exploration, land, mana bond, go to end step, pitch my hand. And my opponent starts complaining about the busted things that I'm doing. And I was like, Are you, you did, there's no way, there's no way this person spoke at all. They shouldn't have said anything. And they're like, man, like you're just, you're doing all this busted stuff. And then, and then proceeded to beat my ass 
just fully take me to pound town with all this bullshit cards. Okay. I understand these initiative cards are very strong, but then they, Oh, here's an elite spell binder. And then here's palace jailer that we all, everyone talks shit about. And here's the thought. And I got my ass kicked and I was like, and me playing mana bond on turn one was too much. Get the fuck over yourself. Okay. God damn it. But anyway, so you're dealing with these fucking cards. <laughs> We're definitely going to have to put the warning on this one. <laughs> but it, it exactly like you said. It's good to set the tone early. It's, it's these, it, you have these cards, you have these Chromox cards that it's, it's a risk to play them because you're going down on resources. But when there's not going down on resources, it doesn't matter. Like you, why wouldn't you play them? Like we, so where we're playing around and all of our LGS is we play legacy, you can play full proxy. So I literally said, if I go to anything, I'm just going to print this up and play it because why wouldn't you? This you, is, you have to have a good reason not to play initiative right now. And like, I think the only reason you yeah. wouldn't play it is because you play in a tournament that has to have cards and you don't own any of the cards and can't get them. And even at that, you I you think you would want to take a long look at yourself in the mirror and be like, do I want to go there and spend money on this? And I understand it's not winning every single event. I get it. Okay, that's fine. It's not, it's not doing everything it can, but holy shit. We yeah, just because just because you're not winning every single game doesn't mean you're not the best thing out there. Exactly. Kobe Bryant didn't go 100, 100 games in a season and win every single one. Yeah. But you better damn well believe he was the best player on that court. But it's like, but then you're sitting here looking at it and what we've talked about, Ian, you know, because we haven't, we haven't had an episode in a while. What we haven't, we talked about is this deck isn't optimized yet. Yeah. There's, there's still changes being made to this list. Yeah. They're not happening as fast as they were at the start. Yeah. Like when, um, when XJ cloud started like just running the tables on his alt account, and like came out with the deck list and said, here is the broken list. Yeah. There have been changes since then already. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. But it, and my thing is too, like, I, I think there's a point where the changes weren't, wouldn't come as fast because you don't need them. Cause it's like, like we said, why would I brew with something? Why would I fix what isn't broken? Yeah. When I can sign on, run a league, make my money back and then some. When I can go to this, you know, win a dual event, I can go there and damn near you're you're competent enough to play this deck. You have a handful of, you know, leagues or something with it. You're going to know what you're going to be playing against, probably make top eight immediately with it. Like it's, it's insane. And then that's fine. And then it almost makes me forget that expressive reiteration is still in the goddamn fucking format. And then, so you get your ass beat by mono white initiative. And then you go and play a Delver opponent that is also bitching about losing to a mono white initiative. And then you're playing them and they're like, Oh, I got to play against this shit. And then they cast expressive iteration six times in two games and kick your teeth in while they're bitching the whole time about it anyway. Like it's insane to me, right? Like I, I just don't, I know some people didn't want a legacy committee. Why not? 
that's my question, right? I feel like a smaller group would look at this and be like, yeah, this is fucked up. Instead of wizards not giving a damn, you know, caring about, oh, we're we're really not making that much money. What's that? Wizards looks at straight numbers. Yeah. Just because a deck is not like smothering the format in win rate does not mean it's a healthy play environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, their last update saying that, oh, well, nothing needs to get banned from blue red because their win percentages are down. Like you're not even paying attention to the goddamn format. Yes. Ragavan needed to go. Yes. Something else needs to go from this deck too. And that, I guess that's my question then what the fix all would be just get rid of the initiative cards. Right. Yeah. So the, the quote unquote easy solution is ban white plume adventure because it's the turn one initiative turns that make the deck super powerful. Yeah. Like if you want to play with your seasoned engineers and then the, whatever the four mana red one is the caves of chaos adventure. Sure. Be my guest, play your four drops. Even if you played on turn two, it's still a lot easier to deal with. Mm. But when you're on the back foot on turn one, because you just have the uncounterable white plume adventure, what seems like every single game. Yeah. That's where it becomes an issue. Absolutely. So you can you can go and take the the payoff. Like that's been something that has happened in the past where there's just this card that is just broken, like is really powerful on its own. We get rid of it. Um, for example, like with Splinter Twin. It's like that was the payoff card. Mm-hmm. It came down, won the game. Yeah. But then you also have the option of going after the enablers. That's basically what happened with Birthing Pod in Modern. Mm-hmm. Because... You can look at it and say, oh, yeah, this this creature combo is what pushed it over the top. Or I remember when it was still legal and people were legitimately calling for Siege Rhino to be banned because it made Birthing Pod too good of a mid-range deck. Which I had to laugh my happy ass down to the bank when I was winning with that deck for that because that was not the problem. Yeah. Um, but birthing pod was the enabler that basically when they got rid of that, it was because creatures were only bound to get better. Mm -hmm. A card like birthing pod in the format is a design restriction on all future cards. Yeah. Because they have to look at every single creature that they're going on. And there's always a chance that it breaks something. Yeah. Whereas if you take away the enabler, then stuff down the line is going to be a lot better off. Mm -hmm. So the thing that has been a big issue with the Monoid Initiative deck has honestly been all of the fast mana that's available in the format. Yeah. Um, There's a reason that the Moxen are banned. There's a reason that they're restricted in Vintage. There's a reason that there's no fast mana in Modern anymore. Because all of these cards that are just getting better and better and better, when they come down two turns early, can really affect a game, not only in the way that the game itself plays out, but with how fun the game is to play. Mm -hmm. So you almost have to look at, is Chrome Mox fine? 
Is Lotus Petal fine? Is it time that Ancient Tomb sees its way out? Like, these are a lot of questions that really you're not going to get an answer to unless you have, like, like yeah, looking at numbers, you're not going to get answers. Yeah. You're just going to see, oh, yeah, this deck does well when it plays for Ancient Tombs and for White Plume Adventurers. No shit, because you're not playing four without playing the other four. But until you are sitting down and you actually have people with knowledge of the format and experience with everything who are going to sit down and actually talk about this, you're not going to get any changes. But it's going to keep pushing people farther and farther away from wanting to play the format. Mm -hmm. It does sometimes seem like you have to ask the question, does anybody who actually plays Magic work at Wizards of the Coast? Yes, but they only play Commander. Yeah. Mm, they play Commander and Stanford because they make them <clears throat> play Stanford. Because, so like, these cards were made for Commander, and you go and look, and the Commander doesn't really give a shit about these cards. No, because they're not good in Commander. So I guess, well, here's another thing. So they could, because Magic didn't want to errata things, but then they had to with the Companions. Do they errata these? And it's if you have two or more opponents they they literally could change the initiative like you just change what the keyword means yeah like yes it'll be printed differently on a card but at the same time looking at it the two cards that are played in legacy right now and like none of them actually say what the initiative does so if you mm. don't know you have to look it up anyway yeah but if they were to errata to say, if you started the game with two or more opponents, go into this dungeon. Yeah. Sure. That's it. That's all you need to do. Fine. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, yeah, it feels bad putting White Plume Adventure on the ban list. But at the same time, it also feels bad to ban a mechanic. Like, I mean, it's, and there's, there's, a, there's a precedent for this in recent history. Called the companion. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just changed what that word meant. Yeah. Because that was when they were willing to admit we made a mistake. It did take a while for them to do that. It took longer than it should have. It took longer yeah. than it should have. And that was when those cards were actively seeing play in the most popular formats. Mm hmm. So my hope is that... And by that, you mean all of them. Like, those cards because were... Because they were broken. Everywhere, yeah. Um, I do not miss Luris. Just going to throw that out there. At the same time, please unban Yorian and Modern. That's beside the point. Um, like, when a card is immediately in... Or when, like, one of two or three cards is immediately in, like, 80% of vintage decks, you, you've, you've done fucked up. Mm-hmm. When a card with the mechanic is the only card to ever have been banned in vintage for power level. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah. Well, I think that's something too that should be added to this is that we're sitting here talking about legacy. It also rocked the shit out of vintage. Like it won the vintage event at um, Eternal, Eternal Weekend. Weekend. Yep. So we're talking about the most powerful cards that have ever been printed and you're talking about fast mana these got better yeah yeah out of the 
last 30 days of both paper and moto vintage results, uh, monoweight initiative is 21.4% of the meta. Because I know this is being somewhat reductionist, but like, let's be honest, the big difference, the biggest difference, I would say, between vintage and legacy is the mocks. Yep. Hmm. So, you know, like you were saying, like you just said, the thing that makes these cards so good is the fast mana. Well, you have even faster mana. Yay. If you could play it, not on turn one, but at turn 0.5. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like looking at the the creature list for the vintage initiative list, the only things that are added in extra are Spirit of the Labyrinth, just because card draw spells are so much more powerful in vintage. They're playing the Archons of Amiria, which they were playing for a while in Legacy. And then you're playing all this mana, so you're just playing a Karn package anyway because you're playing Ancient Tombs. But that's your why one Karn. You? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that they are playing less of in Vintage, like, obviously, the fast mana is tweaked a little bit because, like, you have actual Moxon, so you don't have to play the Chrome Moxes as much. The only thing that they're playing less of is Chalice of the Void. Because they only let you play one. Yeah, I was going to say that because it's restricted. Now, going now, this slight small tangent about Chalice of the Void being restricted. That has got to be my favorite reason for a card to be restricted or banned. It's just because people couldn't afford the Moxin would play Chalice, play it on zero, and play like, if I can't have one, you can't either. And or Wizards went, no, it. this is the format where we're letting people use it. Stop that. <laughs> But the real fun decks are the ones where you're going, okay, turn one, mox, 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 chalice, go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue the regular scheduled bitching. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like all these, like, super efficient 1v1 cards. Like, let's be clear, this is not the first time that a commander product has come in and severely affected a format. Mm-hmm. This goes all the way back to true name emesis. Like the original commander decks had a card that came in and shook up legacy for a good while until people could figure out a way to beat it. Mm-hmm. And even when they figured out ways to beat it, it was still a strong card. Absolutely. But now we're getting to a point where these initiative creatures are just so much more powerful than a lot of other things you can do. That it has very much turned into a, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Well, so because I was going to ask, like you know, we always talk about, you know, if you, if you want to win, if that's your objective, you know, sometimes people go to play to have fun. They want to play a certain deck, but if your if your objective is I just want to win, the rule is you play the best deck or you play the deck that beats the best deck. Mm-hmm. What you guys who have been I've been able to go out and play more Legacy than I have. What is the deck that beats Mono White Initiative? Is there one? The so, other Mono White Initiative deck? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Mirror, but... Mono White um, Initiative with a better draw? Yeah. So there are three things that have basically become the norm right now. 
Delver is still able to keep up with initiative. But let's be honest, Delver's already pushed a lot anyway. God. Because expressive iteration, still broken. Probably should be out of the format. But while initiative is running around, they're not touching Delver. It might be the only thing keeping it in check. God, that's going to piss me off so much. They're going to come in and fuck with initiative, but they're not going to look at expressive iteration (laughs) because, oh, well, the initiative has been the problem lately. So this is what they're doing. Oh, man. Um, So, Dom at Indy, I want you to check with me before you register or sign up for any legacy side event. So I can slap you and stop you from doing, yeah. <laughs> save you from yourself. So like Delver is able to keep up with initiative. So that's one of the few decks where it can go toe to toe. I'm not going to say it's back and forth. It's more just one runs over the other and then gets run over in game two. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of how it feels to me when I've played that matchup. Uh, so you can go with playing Playing the initiative deck, you can play Delver, or you can play something that ignores what's what initiative is doing. Whether it's play Reanimator or play Painter, just play these decks that interact on a different axis. And I don't even know if interact is the right word. It's just yeah. two ships passing in the night, see who does their thing first. Yeah. It, yeah, at that point, it just becomes like we're playing solitaire. We just have to be sitting at the same table while we do it. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, Cephalid Breakfast has made a comeback mm-hmm. because it's one of those decks where you just don't really care what your opponent's doing. And it's also a difficult to interact with combo out of the white decks because the best like the best graveyard hate in white is obviously rest in peace but right now stompy's not playing it because rest in peace isn't good against reanimator mm. so if you want to play something that's good against reanimator typically you'll come in and you'll play um like surgical extraction or you'll play fairy macabre or like just these super cheap, like stop you from doing your thing now. But you don't really have time against Reanimator to play Rest in Peace. Yeah. So because nobody's playing it, Cephalid Breakfast gets a little better because you have ways to interact with those one shot, um, one shot graveyard answers. So it's like. Being able to ignore what your opponent's doing, but also interact with them. It's having both ways of dealing with it that makes Cephalid Breakfast actually good right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's on my short list of things to play in my next Legacy event. Yeah. Which I never thought that I would say that, because it's like, it was a meme deck for a long time. Mm -hmm. They just eventually printed cards that do really well in it. Uh, just a quick moment. I'm here looking at the legacy challenge from the 8th of January. This is the top eight in first to eighth order. White Stompy, White Stompy, Naya Stompy, 
White Stompy, Sneak and Show, White Stompy, Reanimator, Blue Red Delver. I never thought I'd see the day where Sneak and Show is a good guy. Right? That's a weird yeah. feeling. This is nuts. So this was saying, I'm looking at, uh, was it Joe Dwyer's latest, uh, This Week in Legacy. He was talking about the Legacy ban list. It is actually a really good read. Um, kind of like what we were talking about here with the different fast mana and stuff. Um, with all the different shit going around, could we see some of these cards maybe come off? I think it'd be interesting. Um, he has that that challenge had 120 players in it. 21 people played White Stompy. 20 people played Blue Red Delver. So you had just over a third of the people were playing those two decks, which is crazy. But hey, that matches what we're seeing in the meta reports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, uh, I don't know. It's just like, I thought Blue Red Delver at this point in time was like the only thing that I just hated. And then something came across more. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's crazy to me. So I know some people were like trying to play. I can't remember what they call it. It was legacy without any of the um, other product, the supplemental products and stuff. And I just, I feel like it's getting more and more of a smaller group of people that want to play things like that or like search out things like that. Hmm. So that's why I play Popper now as well i'm not really upset that i did so maybe i go to indy and just try and play in the popper decks like your popper games i mean we're mostly going to just hang out and play magic while we're there so yeah yeah so but if everyone else is playing shit i kind of want to play in something that's fair so i like because that was my thing i was thinking oh maybe i maybe i do play in the legacy thing if i did i'd probably just play reanimate that's my best chance for anything so and inside events, I mean, everyone just plays ridiculous shit anyway. So yeah, no, don't get a lot of people showing up to side events playing like four color control. Yeah, they come in playing. It's like I want to play this janky combo deck or I want to play this fun deck. Because if they were yeah. playing their like real decks, they'd be usually playing in the main event. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, like, I three won my first ever legacy challenge with Charbelcher. Which, yeah. funnily enough, is also on my short list of things to play at my next Legacy event. Hey, man. Because Absolutely. if people are going to be playing all these piles that just do things on turn one, it's like, okay, I'm going to do a better thing on turn one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they don't interact with you. Yeah. Because it, it gets a lot easier. Like, that deck, like, let's be honest, that deck gets a lot better when you're not sitting there going, oh, God, does this win through a force? When your opponent goes turn one, ancient tomb, lotus petal, initiative creature, like yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah, that that game. Yeah, because your game, your deck gets a lot better when you can end that sentence early. Where it's does this hand just win? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, it does. Counting, yay! Yes, it does. Yeah, because like looking at the like current legacy meta. There is one blue deck in the top eight decks, which is absurd to me. Crazy. 
because like, mm. for the longest time it was always like 50 percent blue some death and taxes and then combo yeah and that was just legacy for years So, like, being able to just look at a hand and not care because your opponent's not likely to be playing a Force of Will deck, let alone have one in their opener. Yeah. No, absolutely. Be interesting to see. Uh, All right. So, we got that out. Um, I think we should also, since I guess it has been that long, shout out to friend of the show, Samantha Murphy for getting top four in the eternal weekend legacy yes. tournament right um i can't i can't remember if she top four or if she top eighted yeah i thought but it was four she did at least top eight she did manage to walk away with the prettiest ponder i have ever seen in my life the art on the card is absolutely beautiful if you haven't seen it i definitely recommend looking it up uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those cards where you look at it and you're not mad that your opponent's casting it. I beg to differ. Oh, wow. I, I think it's very interesting because there's only how many of them? Uh, there are 24 of them in existence. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, despite the fact that I am not the one to have won it, it was still cool to hold it. <laughs> mm. uh, have they gotten any offers on it? Um, I don't know if somebody came and gave her an offer specifically. I know that one of the vendors at the event had a standing offer of $5,000 for any ponders. Jesus. Um, and then there was one person who kind of got laughed at who made top four, I think, who was offering to sell his for 13000 Yeah. But that didn't go through. Yeah. So think about it this way. People are offering $5,000 for a $2 card because it's a different version. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing, too. They'd still be offering that five grand, even if it was ugly as shit, yeah. because there's 24 of them in existence. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does look very cool. I will I will say that. I did just look it up. I only wish that the gold halos around the eyeballs were like that, um, like the mystical archive gold foiling. So I think mm. that would look absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But still can't really complain about this card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It does look really cool. I'm very curious if uh, if they end up moving it at some point. Yeah, I know I know she fully intends to play with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, well, she's got to get the uh, the other three, right? Yeah, <laughs> we've been trying to get her to do it, but I don't think she's gonna fall for that one. 
Well, you know, I mean, maybe at some at maybe some point, right? So, there is one legacy event coming up that I know I'm definitely excited for. And I'm also definitely hoping that there's a ban or two before it happens. For sure. But I hope there is. I can't even go to the event, and I hope there is one so that we can talk about it more and be more excited about it. So, this week, um, Rob announced Buffalo Chicken Dip 11 down in Westerville, Ohio, just outside Columbus. And I have put in my time off request. It was approved. I have signed up for the event. I want to see if I can top eight my third Buffalo Chicken Dip in a row. Was that approved? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the the me going was actually surprisingly the easiest one to approve. Oh, hey. Which isn't normal. You said what? March 11th? I believe March 13th, oh, March 14th, 13th, whatever that Saturday is. Um, of course, I'm sitting here looking March at 15th. That's good. That would be the 11th. On Twitter. That would be a lot easier. Would be the 11th? The 13th is a Monday. The 11th is a Saturday. Uh, it's Saturday the 4th. So that's what that one is. We're all, we're all way off. Yeah. So that one's going to be is already actually over half full. So interesting. Very promising because there was one towards the end of last year where it was like right around the holidays. There was a Star City happening a couple of cities over, and it ended up only having like under thirty people. But the yeah. fact that it's already at like that 35, 40 people mark right now makes me very excited to play this event. Which is interesting because I, I wonder if everyone's just going to try and show up with Mono White Heroic or, you know, or I'm, I'm very curious to see what decks come out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely considering switching up what I'm playing for that event and go kind of off the wall. Um, like I said, I'm considering playing Belcher, considering playing Cephalid Breakfast. Um, <laughs> there was one list that I found um, from back in October. It was a Magic Online list. It's <laughs> Blue Red Splinter Twin playing uh, Caves of Chaos Adventurer. So the red hasty initiative creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just playing Ancient Tombs, Fable the Mirror Breaker. Uh, you get to play whole Breacher Days Undoing combos. Just like... Just get to do a bunch of shit. Just do a bunch of shit and just ignore <laughs> what your opponent is doing for the most part, but still have access to oops, I win buttons and oops, you lose buttons. It's Chalice to Void. Yeah. So there's it's definitely something I want to run through a league and just see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, if it's only play points or even $10 or whatever, you might as well, right? Yeah, I've thrown away worse for less... Especially especially with sports betting being live in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but funnily enough, I feel like death and taxes is actually well positioned right now. Yeah. So death and taxes has always been one of those decks where the more you know how to play it, 
the better yeah. you're going to be. That's fair. It, it's a deck with a very high ceiling, but you'll get a lot of times where people will assume that the matchup is good for them against taxes because they're playing against like mid-range taxes players. Mm-hmm. Not to like, you know, toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm better than average. Listen, man, you already said if someone hands you a deck, you're going to top eight with it. So, you know, we might as well just keep that train going. Fair enough. <laughs> why, why pretend to be modest now? <laughs> yeah. uh, so if, if the top two decks in the format right now are Initiative and Delver, yeah. Taxes into Delver is miserable for Delver. So I'm 100% down for that anytime. But Taxes is honestly one of the few decks that can interact with Initiative on their own game plan. Because they come in and slam an initiative creature, even if it's on turn one on the play. Like, I play a vial. They get a bit of advantage out of it. Cauldra is a very good card against that deck. Mm -hmm. Because Trample gets through all of their random 3-1 chump blockers that did things. I'm able to steal the initiative back. I'm able to steal the monarch back. And... I can use all of the modes on there just as well or better than they can. Yeah. Because when they're playing four solitudes as their removal in their 60 card deck, I'm sitting here playing four solitude, four plow, and four recruiter or four skyclave apparitions a lot of the time. Yeah. So I'm playing 12 in my 80 as opposed to four in their 60. So I can interact with their creatures a lot better. Mother of Runes is still a great card. Like, there's a lot of things that I'm able to do to interact favorably. I probably should just play Taxes. I'm going to mess around with playing the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, but... I, I think it's definitely worth trying it out, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking, and there was a Legacy prelim. I don't know how many people were actually in it. Because mm-hmm. it could just be one of those things where they only show you a few. <clears throat> okay, this uh, looks like it was just four rounds. That there was a death and taxes that went three and one. So yeah, uh, prelims are actually only ever four rounds. Okay, so that's. But I mean, like, it looks like a nothing's really changed from it. I guess they're playing like Lauren, of course. It's probably just Lauren of the Third Path. Like yeah, that card has replaced Cathar Commando in a lot of lists. Yeah, um, because makes sense. The interaction with both Caracas and with Spirit of the Labyrinth is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of lists are playing that card now. Um, nobody's really playing the Urza Saga builds anymore. I'm probably still going to play the Blood Moon version. Because I love the way that that deck plays into the everything but Delver and Initiative decks. Yeah, I mean, you just have that that option of just bringing it out. You know, it's definitely definitely makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's. I probably should just play Texas. I'll be honest. I'll probably lock it in this week and then just ignore it until the day before. Mm-hmm. No, I mean. I think I think it's a good option. I think you play the deck very well. 
you you've shown that before in the past too so like you said it's it's not like you're trying out something new it's you know it's your uh it's your lucky pair of underwear yeah, like you know what I mean. Like you, you know how they feel. <laughs> you know where the seams are. I know what's gonna happen when I put it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you, you're gonna put it on, leave the house, and you're gonna fucking top eight, man. Like that's yeah. what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope, at least. That's the hope. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one thing I do want to mention with buffalo chicken dip. Um, we can put the link to this in the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rob set up a merch store. Yep. And like I'm wearing the zip up hoodie right now. Mm-hmm. It is super comfortable, super good quality. Yeah. And it's nice the tournament series that I love. Absolutely. So if you've played in these tournaments or watched them on Twitch or just enjoy cool pictures of chicken brainstorming i definitely recommend checking it out you can throw donations straight to uh straight to the tournament through there like buy the stuff support the stream support the tournament let's see how much bigger and better things can get absolutely magic is dumb because you can say sentences like a chicken is brainstorming and just makes sense yep Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely good stuff. I mean, it's I'm super happy that it's uh, it's finally coming around. Some merch for him. Keep spreading the good word. It's awesome. So, well, hopefully our next episode will come back a little sooner than the month and a half wait that we had on this one. But, you know, <laughs> as with any game, life takes priority sometimes. For sure. For sure. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but from all of us here at the Premium Effect Podcast, thanks for coming back. You all have a good rest of the night. Bye, See everybody. You.